So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 4, Episode 8 of The Other Way. In this episode, Danielle wants Johan's permission to meet with her friend-slash-ex, Bakmoon's brother Ahmed tries to broker a peace, Isabel's parents react to Gabe's news, Jen gets more evidence about Rishi's shady behavior, and Chris and Jamie tie the knot. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup K, where we're covering the new season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm not doing too bad. I didn't have to go to work, so that's always, always important. Yes, we are both on spring break, which makes it a good day, good week. Yep, yep. And this is really the time to wrap up things, get into Easter. It's 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 nice. Good days. Um, so let's start with, you know what? Let's start with the good day. Like one okay. couple had a very good day and that's Chris and, Chris and Jamie. So it's day nine for Chris to be in Columbia, which if we remember correctly by the original timeline means it's their wedding day. So we first see them meet with uh, Juanita, their wedding planner, and they go to their respective hotel rooms to get ready so that, you know, it'll be a surprise what they look like. Uh, during the ceremony. So we really we get a flashback of Chris but finally getting to meet Jamie's friends Alex and Leo. Remember the last time she didn't get a chance because she was in bed sick with her with her neck hurting. And so she didn't. So we see them and I don't know, but only in flashback form. So it must not have been a very interesting scene. Uh, but they're here today because they're going to do the hair and makeup. So, you know, they're going to one's going to do the hair, one's going to do the makeup and they're going to switch. So they do everybody's hair and makeup. Uh, Chris says that Chris says at least that they've been reassured now that they've met her that she's not going to leave Jamie again, which is was their main concern last time. Mm-hmm. So uh, one like I said, they kind of switch and do the hair. One stays to do Jamie. One goes to do Jamie's hair. The other stays to do Chris's makeup. Um, and then we get a super cut montage of everybody getting ready. Um, there's a little bit of talking, a little bit out, but it's just like hair curlers, eyeshadow, yay! Like um, so. Chris tells us, and we see her put it on, is wearing her mom's wedding dress, which her mom got married to her dad in 50 years ago, and that dress looks every bit of 50 years old. Yeah, but it doesn't. Like- okay, it, it looked like the styling-wise, it was 50 years yes. old. Like, it looked like the styles from 50 years ago, not – it did look good. It was well-preserved. Well, no, I was going to say the part that I was like, I don't think it was short. She definitely got – custom stuff done to it yes it, it it was like had a short or i mean it was short it was like knee length right it wasn't like mm-hmm. short short but it was knee length in the front and then like had a long had the yeah, whole thing um but anyway it was 50 years old so chris remind us reminds us that she's had past weddings and that this one's different because she actually likes the person she's getting married to <laughs> so we don't see jamie's dress until she comes down the stairs and Hers is very much new and very much like plain, no lace, nothing. And they is it's quite the contrast between the two dresses they, they, have, <laughs> they have chosen. So it turns out that no one in her family was able to make the wedding. Chris had thought her daughter Star could make it, but she had exams. So everybody zooms in for the ceremony. So the ceremony was is conducted in Spanish um, and which Chris says, you know, she's not really there for the words. It's as long as the vibes are right. So – if, as long as you said it in the right tone of voice, Chris would have agreed to literally anything in the vows. <laughs> yeah. So the vows are pretty boilerplate, st- boilerplate stuff, even if Jamie does hers in Spanish and is going to have to translate them later. So they kiss and we get the uplifting post-wedding music and uh, a professional pops the champagne this time. So none of it gets spilled on the floor. And then the two of them kind of do the obligatory like we're married thing. <laughs> so – I want to say this is episode what eight? Um, yeah, is this? I think this is the is this the earliest we've ever had a wedding? Like, there's got to be a lot more story here that's going on. Uh, well, I think maybe we're in luck because I think there is a lot more story with them. Right? We get a potential ghosting later, so um, I don't know. I feel like there have been cer- certain situations where there was a wedding early on, but it was only because there was a lot of drama following the wedding. Sure. Right. And that's I feel like that's what that has to mean, right? If there wasn't if there yeah. wasn't drama following the wedding, we would not be getting a wedding this episode. 
Right, right. I'm trying to think of uh, the other way people who got married kind of early on. Um, it's kind of hard to say with the other way because uh, some of them are married already. Yes, yes, right. started off married already. Um, I want to say uh, Avery and Omar got married kind of early on. Like it was really quick. Like they met up and then it was like the day later or something. Oh, right, right. I think it was because that was one of those um, – well, yeah, they had like logistic issues. Well, you can't stay in my house at all if we're not married. Right. So we got to do this right away. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's happened a couple of times, but usually it's because there's, um, well, one, logistically, it is very early on in their relationship. But also, I feel like there was enough drama afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it, it, from the previews, at least, we're definitely going to see that because we do know. Like, at least in the previews that um, Chris is going to go back to the States. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It just – it's it, – it still just doesn't seem – They seem like such an unlikely match. I mean, yeah. like you were saying with the dresses, right? Like, sure. their dresses are very much like – even their style because remember when they were shopping for uh, – furniture or you know house decor and they were saying that jamie is really uh like simple minimalist and then chris is very eccentric it's like yeah you could see that with the wedding dresses yes i mean oh the wedding dress is exactly the thing. like I, I i imagine jamie wants a plain white counter with white cabinets yes. and just white you know everything um Maybe stainless steel appliances, but everything's plain and shaped and, right. thing, and that's what her dress looked like. And and like Chris wants there to be ornate patterns and intricacies and everything yes. like her dress. And like, unmatched like cabinet knobs or whatever. Oh, like. yeah. She would love to have a kitchen where like the cabinets weren't all the same color and like right. different different like wood like different like completely different wood doors on each cabinet each door, yeah. like, completely different type of wood with different knob and everything. Yeah. Chris would be all over that shirt. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they're going to agree. But I mean, that's just style wise. That's just one aspect, right? They're just very different people from everything we've seen of them. They are just very different people. Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, and they seem, I don't know, I feel like Jamie seems like she's more into Chris than the other way around. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of seems that way. But also, it's kind of hard to tell, I will say, in Chris's defense. It's probably hard to act like you're super into someone when you're in a lot of pain. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. That so, is true. I, I don't really know because you're right. It does kind of seem that way. But it was kind of sweet that they were both really into the whole camping situation. Yeah. I mean, well, that camping situation did look kind of fun. Like, yeah. I like – I mean, I, I do go camping. I like camping. But I would like it a lot more if somebody had a tent set up for me already and it was a real <laughs> yeah, bed. Sure. That would That would be – much easier for me. Like I like going outdoors. I like doing the fire, the the um, you know, campfire and everything like that. I mean, and I'll I'll put up with you know setting up the tent and blowing up the air mattress and doing all that, and then taking it down the next day because I like the other things that are that are involved in it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would stay in that. I would stay in that that yurt tent thing. That seemed pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's move on to Gabriel and Isabel. So Gabriel has just come out to Isabel's parents, and they're all awkwardly smiling at each other. Gabriel asks uh, what they would like to know, and her dad says, everything with details. And Gabriel gives them a very brief version, and then Isabel's dad is just left speechless. Her mom says that she doesn't know uh, much about the topic, so she doesn't really know what to say. She does admire Gabe's honesty, but only knows who he is at this moment. Gabriel expresses how he feels like people have changed how they feel about him when they find out. And her mom says uh, it matters what's on the inside. Her dad asks what she thinks about it. And Isabel says that she knew him as a friend. Isabel's dad says that nobody's perfect and his feelings for Gabe haven't changed. He does want to learn more and understand his journey, but that will come in time. They shake hands and hug. Isabel wasn't expecting them to have open arms and be so supportive immediately, but she loves that Gabe is so loved by her family and that her dad surprised her with his reaction. Gabriel feels like everything's too good to be true. Later, Gabriel is complaining about his back pain from the bed, but wants to talk to Isabel about the conversation with her parents. He wants to know if it's real because, like I mentioned, it seemed too good to be true. 
Gabriel is wondering why they were so nice, and Isabel says it's because they love him and accept him. But Gabriel is still suspicious because he doesn't seem to win over religious people. He's worried that they went digging through his social media, and Isabel assures him that she will ask her mom later, and he should just calm down. Gabriel then takes the kids, Sarah and Miguel, all on an outing where they are painting pottery. Gabriel tells them that he's going to be moving to Colombia and wants to ask their permission in marrying their mom. Sarah says yes, and Miguel just kind of nods his head while continuing to paint. Gabriel is painting a plate that he's going to use to propose. Miguel is actually excited that Gabriel will be there permanently. Sarah gives Gabriel advice to be very patient with her mom. Sarah is excited to have Gabriel not only as a father, but a friend. Gabriel shows the kids the ring and practices his Spanish proposal with Sarah and Isabel. Uh, so that's their outing. And then Isabel checks in with her mom to see if her dad had anything else to say about Gabe's coming out. She said that her dad wants to talk to Gabriel more. They are concerned about stability and they want to have a clear picture about the kind of person he is. Isabel thinks that Gabriel is mature and confident and asks what they would think about if they got married. Her mom says that she thinks they sh that they should wait until they all get to know each other better. All right. So do you think that Gabriel should just like go with it if they're going to, you know, say that they're accepting or sh should he be suspicious and waste a lot of effort and energy into uh, validating this response, the authenticity <sighs> of this response? I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, next episode, because I feel like as long as he's going to get the blessing from the father yes, to marry right. her, then he, he, that's good enough. Yeah, right? nothing <laughs> else really matters. Who cares if they're faking it? Right, exactly. And so I just I, I just think it's – wow, it's, it's one of those things that's like, man, Gabe has had a very one-note – like – experience with religious people right yeah and that that's what we very much see he just does not understand like because because her dad even brings up the religion as his reason for being not, accepting sure being accepting he literally yeah. said god taught me not to judge like right. he said he said that that's where i that's what i got from my religion is in this situation i shouldn't judge other people um, yeah and I, I think I, I have an idea of the you know type of religious person that gabe is talking about right um, that that um, that has always given him a hard time, but I think you know I think that's maybe why it's good for him to get out of the states, mm -hmm. right, and to go other places because you might run into a little bit of a different interpretation, a little bit different religious culture than we have, especially in the specific place where he was. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really unfortunate that um, you know Christians, religious people give their group a bad name, you know, because I think you could talk to many Christians or religious people who would say that God is about love. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't agree with someone's life, um, you know, it's like God still loves that person. I, I really believe there are people out there that think that. But the but the problem in America, at least, is that even though people feel that way, they are uh, you know, more quiet about things and they have the vocal that kind of speak up on their behalf. And so that's the impression that everybody has. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and to the point where right now, like, I mean, it, it's really hard to not, you know, bring in kind of, um, you know, current politics and stuff because it sure. is, I mean, the transgender rights is a huge hot topic political issue right now right, in the United right. States. Right. And so, you definitely, I definitely have seen on social media, you know, especially maybe not my, the ones my, like my friends, but the more public facing ones that are like, wow, like these, these people are like, not just, you know, oh, I came out to them and then things went badly. Like, no, they're intentionally seeking me out to yeah. like, to make my life harder. And that, that's extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I wonder how many times he's been kind of deceived because that seems to be what he's, his trick is now. It's like, ah, I told him at first, you got to wait till he gets used to it. He's going to turn a corner and mm -hmm. start hating me again. Um, and so, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope this mm -hmm. is the kind of person that is going to remain more accepting and, 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 and do like it is. But, um, 
yeah, I see where it's I see where his worry is coming from. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. All right. So let's go on to one of the heavy hitters again, again from this week. We have so <laughs> much with Nicole and Mahmoud. Oh, goodness. So much. So let's just get through it. Because Mad Nicole is still mad. Like this time because like they had that fight. She was like, if you don't come with me, divorced. She was like, just leave. I just want to be alone. And now she's mad that he did that. And she's alone in this hotel room where she can't speak the language. Can't ask anyone for help. She's just standing there waiting for him to come back. So she just cries for a while waiting for him to come back. She says it's been like an hour and a half and she doesn't know how much longer she can put up with everything in their relationship being so intense all the time. So it seems like a while later after it's dark, Mahmood comes back to the uh, hotel with his brother Ahmed. So Ahmed apparently got very upset at Mahmood <laughs> for just <laughs> leaving his wife somewhere and is making him come back to get her. So when they get there, it's actually Ahmed that goes to talk to Nicole. So she starts – he's, you know, kind of asks, well, what's the problem? And she's like – he's just – she starts ranting about Mahmoud, always disrespecting her or whatever and, and treating her like shit. And Ahmed is like evidently, as we see here, way more skilled um, than Mahmoud at um, kind of keeping people calm and, and, and keeping them from overreacting and hearing their side. So he tells her that – you know, he kind of calms her down. He's like, I'm not Mahmoud. Don't yell at me. I'm good. Calm her. They calm down. And he he says that he is there for her because she's part of the family and not just some random foreigner. So he wants to fix their problems and actually emphasizes that he wants to fix things in the way that she wants them fixed, not in the way that he wants them fixed. So she's very touched by the gesture and then opens up to him about what's wrong. So one of the reasons that he's more chill about everything is because he already did. He already walked this road. He already had issues with his wife and says that it'll just take time, especially because Mahmoud has an angry small mind and his words aren't good. <laughs> so Ahmed says that Islamic woman, at least in their culture, is the queen of the home. And so while Mahmoud, you know, he's never had a girlfriend or woman before and he, you know, knows kind of how to keep control outside of the home or, you know, act how to act outside the home. But inside the home doesn't know how to treat her like he should be – like she should be treated. So hopeful – so he said that, you know, he's going to learn eventually. So he needs a lot of – he apparently he needs a lot of lessons though because at this point, um, it brings him back and um, it take <laughs> – it takes him slapping Mahmoud upside the head to be like, say hi to your wife, you dipshit. Like, <laughs> um, but then they jump. But then when he does, they jump straight in to the argument of whether or not Mahmoud did anything bad today. He's like, I did. I did nothing bad. You didn't. I did nothing bad. All I did was this. And then so things don't really get better. And Ahmed leaves them to talk alone. So Mahmoud says he wants to say married to Nicole uh, and says he wants he has to make room for who she is. And she says she he has to make room for who she is instead of who she, he wants her to be. But again, by who I am and who I want to be, it's mainly about clothes and there's no better out there. So she wants more freedom and feels like – but he feels like he's already given her more freedom than is proper. So they basically can't agree on how much of a sacrifice each person is making. And then at the end of that – this exchange, she's the one that's threatening to leave and get divorced. Like, as in, like, just driving back to the hotel, just driving back to your house so I can get myself and go to the airport. So then Ahmed comes back and is like, oh, my God, you guys, I couldn't be <laughs> gone from you for five minutes and you're already trying to get divorced again. So uh, so he's like, why are we talking about clothes? <laughs> like, the one <laughs> thing that makes you fight like nothing else and you're trying to make up and you just go Im immediately back to there. Let's calm down. So he accuses both of them, and he's right, of saying things that they don't mean just because they're angry. So he makes Mahmoud stand up and say that he's sorry because that's what treating her like a queen is like and also to not have the expectation that she's going to do the same thing for him. Because again, if you apologize to the queen, she does not stand up and bow and apologize back to you. <laughs> and that's how you deal with a woman, man. So they agree to go home and call a truce. So the next day, we see the whole crew playing backgammon. So they being Nicole, Mahmoud, Ahmed, and his family, including his wife, Fatima. So Nicole says that they haven't fought yet today. But then they, we hear about how Ahmed and Fatima fought all the time when she first came when she first came to Egypt. And she asks if they had more or less the same fights. And yeah, and it, it took a few years before Fatima even wore the uh, hijab. And she basically said she did it just to avoid drawing too much attention to herself, especially because she already draws enough attention to herself by being Chinese and like 
that's different. So she secretly, though, tells Nicole that she doesn't like wearing it. It's hot and <laughs> uncomfortable. So Nicole wants to know what about another adjustment she's having to make, like drinking beer. So that brings up like the times that, you know, when Ahmed would visit Fanaban, China, and she's, it's, she got drunk one time with him, and Mamu just can't believe it. And Ahmed's like, whoa, man, I used to really like tequila, man. Like, <laughs> it's like, and Mamu just literally covers um, Nicole's ears being like, oh, my God, this is such scandalous. We can't listen to this. Because – but what it basically seems to come down to is Ahmed um, – is trying to let Mahmoud know that no one's perfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. People make mistakes. People do things they're not supposed to do. That doesn't make them bad or evil. It just – it's okay. But Mahmoud actually seems very upset learning that his brother has drunk alcohol yeah. before. Um, and he's – even in an interview says he's still mad about it but is kind of getting the point-ish like, oh, I guess, you know, people make mistakes. So – and it's been a long time. So Ahmed says that Nicole has some flaws and Muhammad, Mahmoud needs to accept them. And they both need to acknowledge that, you know, they maybe just – they both acknowledge that they just jumped into everything way too fast, especially Nicole who says she agreed to things that she was not ready to ag- agree to. And they need to fix those things. But Ahmed says, no, no, no. You don't need to fix those things. You need to start over and build something new. Um, so they say they'll try but I, I I don't know. We'll We'll see how it goes. So – I don't know. I just felt like in this episode, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, we, we both kind of had the ideas of how dumb Nicole is and everything. But yeah, I mean, is there any limit to how stubborn Mahmoud is? Oh, no. Uh, they're both like not good because uh, I was going to say, Nicole, like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Wait, why did you leave me? That is just like the dumbest thing. Right. It's just like yeah. you told him to do that. So you got to think about the consequences. Uh, and then I do think they need someone like Ahmed in their life because, you know, you're right. Mahmoud is very stubborn. And I think that he has this unrealistic, perfect expectation of everyone to be perfect 100%. all the time. Yeah. yeah, with like their religious beliefs. And so I think it really did bring him back to reality to hear that his brother had what he would consider indiscretions, right? Um, but I mean, just realizing that it's kind of normal day-to-day stuff and it's like it doesn't make him a bad person. Um, you know, he still believes, he's still religious, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that he hasn't tried. I mean, even the Amish have room springa, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's just like it, it's that perfection, and it's I think it's crazy because I think one of the things that kind of you know we've been overlooking is how much Mahmoud's family is much more reasonable than he is. Yes, yeah. right. They're all just like, well, dude, she's American and she's learning how to do things, and it's going to yeah. take a transition time, and she doesn't understand, it. and that's okay. Like, it's okay if she doesn't do all the religious things we want her to do right now, mm. right? That, that's okay. She'll learn how to do them. She'll learn why we do them. She'll learn yeah. how it goes and just chill, dude. And he will not chill. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was a good, you know, we kind of skip over it when they did it. It's like his uncle was literally like, really, really? You're making her wear the hijab and you're making her wear all these clothes and do this. And you haven't taught her how to pray yet. He's like, dude, prayer is much more important than all the, the clothing choices. Right. Like you're just, right. because that's, that's the issue I, really have with his stubbornness is it's all about appearances. Yeah. The only thing he cares about is appearances. He got mad that she shoved her, but it wasn't because she shoved her. She shoved him. It was because he she shoved him in public. Right, right. Yeah, and just even getting together with his uncle about being what it looks like in public. Yeah, I mean, so that's – he's just all about the appearance of everything and mm-hmm. I don't know. It just – I just, I just think like, and and maybe this is just where everybody is because I mean, it seems like Ahmed and Fatima had more or less the same rocky road. Yeah, I mean, it's reassuring, I'm sure, to hear that you know they've had challenges and things like that because if you kind of see the end product and you kind of think, oh, you know, they seem to be like you know, a great couple and, you know, she seems to have adjusted really well and, Mm -hmm. you know, and realized that it was a journey to get there. I think it would make it seem like it is possible and that, you know, she should just stick with it. And instead of 
threatening every 10 minutes that she's going to go back home. Yeah. I mean, they both have to stop threatening. Like yeah. that's, that's a hundred. That's something that just has to go immediately. Right. Like you cannot threaten like that because that's what you end up with. You end up with him, with her saying, you know, leave me alone. And she does not want him to leave her alone. Right. Right. Because I would do that. I would totally, if you said, just leave me alone. I just need to be alone. I would leave you alone. And it wouldn't yeah. be like, because she seemed to think it was like, ah, he's be, like malicious compliance. Like he knows. Yeah. I, really, I would, if, if you tell me you need to be left alone, mm-hmm. then I'm going to take you at your word and leave you alone. Why would I? Yeah. I, I, how could you, how could you live in a, in a world relationship where leave me alone doesn't mean leave me alone? Like right. I, that's way too stressful of a life for me. I can't, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> uh, I do feel like this segment of theirs in this episode was less frustrating to me because I felt like the brother stepping in made it feel like there was progress in this argument. Oh, absolutely for sure. Like, yeah, because we saw what we, especially the way we kind of saw what happened before the brother mm-hmm. intervened. And just because like you did something wrong, I did nothing wrong, but you did this wrong and you did this wrong. No, I didn't do anything wrong. You did something wrong. You did this wrong. And it was like, that, and that's then let's the go fight. back to the how you dress. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, could we stop having the same argument over again? Because it's like really doesn't look anything different. But this week it was like, oh, thank goodness. Someone is like changing things. Yes. Just changing the dynamic and literally just be like, stop. Just yeah. stop fighting about that. And it's it's it, and I do agree because Mahmoud tends to want to do this. I'm tired of fighting. I'm getting mm-hmm. I'm getting tired of fighting. Let's just not talk about it. Yeah. Right. And to be fair, Ahmed's solution was not to talk about it, but his was more like, don't talk about it when you're already flooded with emotions. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to do anything because that's, I mean, that's the, that's really what happens there is they both, both of them, when they don't get their way or things go wrong, they just get, they, they get flooded with emotions. And when you're flooded with emotions, you tend to not say anything that you either say things you don't mean, or you say things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, yeah. I, I, I think we all struggle with this a, a bit when we get upset, right? And I do too, but I tend to be more in the say things that don't make sense like yeah. <laughs> realm. So I, I, I really buckle at these say things you don't mean uh, people. Just like, Ugh, that sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's move on to Danielle and Johan. So <sighs> Danielle doesn't know what to do with her New York license plates, which she has brought to the Dominican Republic because she forgot to drop it off before she left. Danielle has just arrived and she is settling into the apartment that Johan picked out. She likes it, but doesn't think it's sustainable financially. She has set up an IFA reading with Baba, her, I don't know, guru for Johan. Her friend Stephanie is joining them on Zoom, and Johan says he's excited, even though he is watching the reading and just kind of looks confused. Johan likes that he is told he was born with a crown on his head. Baba tells him to be careful of fish bones in his throat and of mushrooms. Johan thinks that the advice is weird and doesn't know how not eating food brings him closer to God. Johan says that his religion is in his heart and it's not going to change in a day. As they are talking, the lights turn off and Johan tells Danielle that she needs to pay for the electricity. Danielle is annoyed he didn't tell her earlier. She thinks that this shows that Johan doesn't take initiative to get things done. Danielle is excited about a night out to celebrate their one-year anniversary. Danielle lists off all of their blessings and Johan lists off all the things that need to change, including mm-hmm. Danielle being overly emotional or just generally reacting to things. She agrees that those things do need to get some work on it. And then she tells him that she wishes he would allow her to have guy friends. He agrees to this as long as it's equal, he says. So Danielle says, well, her friend from the past is in town and wants to meet up. Her friend Talon is out on vacation, and Danielle describes him as an important person in her life. But really, it's her ex-boyfriend. She tells Johan that she uh, told Talon that she has a husband, but Johan doesn't want to be friends with her ex-boyfriends. Johan says that he's not going to feel comfortable, but Danielle is kind of being pushy about him meeting uh, Talon. Danielle defends, uh, you know, this whole friendship meeting up, saying it's not weird in her country to be friends with an ex. 
Johan, on the other hand, thinks it's a huge lack of respect. All right. So what do you think? Uh, friends with an ex pushing your current partner to be friends with an ex? And I know your situation is different because you have kids and it's unavoidable. But any other exes no. of Mr. O hanging out there being forced to be friends with your current partners? I don't think it's impossible. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's ex- explicitly forbidden. I think she oversells how many how much it happens in the U.S. Like this mm-hmm. is totally normal in the U.S. It's really not that normal. Like he's like in my culture, we don't deal with this. But I think the way she's kind of cagey about what their relationship actually was yeah. and where it actually stands, and mm-hmm. not being, you know, what I'm saying it it requires a certain level of transparency at the base. Right. If you don't have a certain level yeah. of transparency going on with this ex and what you're doing with this ex and where you are with this ex and what happened between you and this ex, mm-hmm. then no, you can't. It's not possible. Right. Um, I was kind of unclear because at first he said, oh, your ex-boyfriend. She was like, no, no, never boyfriend. So it was kind of like, OK. So friends it, with benefits situation? Yeah. Like, it made it yeah. sound like they were certainly had some kind of physical relationship, but not sure. to the point where she called him a boyfriend. But also, she refers to him as like one of the more important people in her life. So I was like, who exactly is this guy? Right. Yeah. I don't. I was. I was exactly. I was there. And I think that's where I'm with. And with Johan. Like. Yeah. You can be friends with a lot of people, and if there's if there's a past, and I can be confident that what was in the past is in the past, mm-hmm. right? And this is a this is a different thing. I I can I can be on board with that, but not if I'm not exactly sure what your relationship was and where your relationship is and who is he with. It. And she's just like, well, it's just my friend, so you just have to deal with that. Like, yeah, whatever. Then that's not okay. I'm not going to lie. I think it's incredibly suspicious when people like maintain relationships with their ex. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty. I certainly was guilty of it until like my probably my mid 30s, I would say. And I think it's like a young person thing. But I think there is something kind of subconscious about like just kind of keeping options open. I mean, I just, know? I, but I also think young person thing, it also tends to be like, well, you dated another person in the friend oh, group. Oh, in the same and- social circle. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I mean that. Yes, you're right. That's kind of a different situation. But even still, like I would think that when you break things off with someone, that you can kind of keep separate friends, and the friends that are really worth having around will stick around. And it doesn't mean you have to have anyone choose sides. It just means that they. You know, you don't get to do things like in the bigger group, you know? Yeah. I mean, I and the way she kind of described the situation is it seemed to me that he was always someone she would have considered a friend. Yeah. But they also hooked up a few times. Right. Like I don't, right. I, and, and, and that's more of what's kind of going on in terms of – and it was like, well, yeah, we hooked up a few times when we were drunk. 10 years ago like that's done We're oh not doing i don't know she made it sound like it was like a few years ago uh, oh yeah yeah but i'm saying yeah. it, I, i'm saying if i'm johan to be comfortable with the situation right if you there i need to have that assurance of what was in the past is in the past and this guy isn't booty calling her when he goes to dr right <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i i find it incredibly suspicious i'm kind of team johan on this one it's just oh, no, like I, I agree i agree i'm on team johan because she is not being transparent enough right i'm not sure what the nature of this relationship actually is and and she's yeah. just like, I was just going to hang out with them. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I I, don't know. But I don't At the like- same time, I feel like he's jealous because he they brought up like being equal. She was like, oh, well, I tell you about my guy friends and then you get upset. And he does. He tells her, oh, I don't have any, you know, girlfriends. And then she finds out that he does. And that's the part where she's just like, you can have girlfriends. You just need to be honest about it. Right, 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 right. Now. And we could go back because we had to go back to the beginning part with the uh, divination and the chain oh, and stuff. Baba. Oh, my God. And I'm fine with Baba. Baba's fine. Baba does what he does. He, yeah. What bothers me is I'm actually really bothered by the way she picks and chooses from different religions. Yeah. Like, it's like I, I it just it, it bothers me that I feel like she has the entire global religion. She's like, ooh. I'm just going to smorgasbord pick the good things, yeah. the things that make me feel good, 
and all the parts that require discipline or sacrifice or or changing what I do. Now nah, those parts of the religion are, 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 are but I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and choose. I'm gonna go to every religion. I'm just gonna eat the dessert from every religion. That's my oh, that's goodness. my that's my religious practice. And the way she talks about it is like so snotty. I've recently become a student of the Eva practice. I was like, what? <laughs> Shut up! Oh my god. Uh, she <laughs> did. I think this isn't the first time we've heard of because I've seen Baba before. Uh-huh. Um, with, I think it was like in Love in Paradise. And I want to say that Baba also gave her very weird advice because I'm kind of with Johan here. I don't think Baba is trying to say like, oh, foreshadowing your death. You're going to die. Don't like eat. I thought he was. I thought he literally said he was going to choke on a fishbone. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think he means it like that literally. And I think that's the part that's confusing because Johan's like, wait, I thought you were supposed to tell me how to be closer to God. What does not choking have to do with that? Now, to be fair, Johan's version of religion is also silly. Like, mm-hmm. what's your well, if I want something from God, I ask for it. And that's manifest my, it and do nothing else. That's yes. my entire religion. Do I do anything for God? No. I just, I just, I ask, I ask, I ask the big guy for favors sometimes. That is my religion. Yeah. Uh, But I think he had her plant some banana tree or something like that um, because, and it was supposed to help with her fertility. She's still not pregnant. So it's like, I don't know about Baba over here. He gives some weird advice. This is just, but she has this and she has the healing crystals and she has the thing. She just, she, and she said it before. Like she said it at the beginning, at least of this season, because I didn't watch Love in Paradise, Mm -hmm. that she doesn't belong to religion per se, but she, you know, has made up her own religion that's made up of all the things from other other religions. And I was like, that is just... Like I've heard of, you know, cafeteria people from other religions, but like <laughs> this is this this takes it to just an extreme. Yeah, of manifest. I like the part where we manifest stuff. I don't like the part where I have to give to charity or work or anything right, like that. Or Let's or get do out anything. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or do anything. Yeah. 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 All right. So that brings us to Jen and Rishi. So Jen is spraying a wasp nest and you know trying to solve a problem, getting bug killer in her eyes. So I oh, think gosh. that might be some sort of metaphor for everything that's going on here. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So she obviously is still in the States and she's worried about getting back to India and Rishi. So she zooms with her friends, Myra and Randy, and she tells them that she managed to get her 10-year visa re- reinstated. So now she'll be able to go in. She'll go back for good in a couple of weeks. So Randy uh, seems to think that this is just another trial run what are you just trying to do? They figured out what's going on. But that's because they don't know about this reproposal he did before she left. And now he's – he's, and also how he's like really going to tell his mom soon, guys. Like <laughs> soon, like any day now. He's going to tell her. So she wants to give him the chance to follow through on everything and uh, when she's actually there day to day. Today. So Myra is worried that uh, uh, about that he might be cheating on her because – well, basically, because how can you prove he's not? But Jen says he hasn't done anything shady. And that's when Randy brings up when he was, and I put heavy quotes on this, hitting on her via social media before she left the first time. But Randy also comes with more receipts that for some reason she didn't tell her about the first time that he sent a shirtless pic to her. So she forwards a sh- uh, the screen cap to Jen and it's in response to a message that just says, let me see a pic. And it's... <laughs> this I thought this for just, I, I was just taken by this. It was clearly like a, a professionally taken shot from a modeling job that he had. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he was there, and it's like it wasn't a selfie. It was it was clearly a, like staged professional photo. Like I don't know if it was for his modeling career or uh, taken as a job or whatever, but it was professional. <laughs> so, um. So Jen is willing to let the DM slide, but says this picture might be too much for her, especially after she like gave him that chance to come clean when she was in India, when she was like, listen, is anything going on? Have you been talking to anybody in your DMs? You really can tell me. Now's the time to come clean. Uh, So anyway, we see more message from the conversation. And I don't know, it indicated to me that Randy had to ask multiple times for this pic before she got it because there was another message that says, hey, blah, 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 send a pic. Send a pic. Send a pic. <laughs> and it was also in the context of her pretending to be a model and talking about how she was going to uh, meet with agents and stuff. 
So Randy still insists that this was him hitting on her, which is enough evidence for Myra. She's like red flags. This guy's this guy's shady. So they say they were all making. Ah, she says Randy says that while they were on the DMs, they were making plans to meet somewhere. When suddenly he blocked her, she suspects this is because he found out who she was. So Jenna's upset about it and just can't and and but just can't end the relationship and wants to get to the bottom of it once she's there. So when we switch to Rishi, who is dancing with her friend Kushi. So they're working on a new choreography for her, I think, a dance aerobics class. And when they are done, they sit down and kind of discuss life. So he tells her that Jen is on her way and that they're gonna get married. But Kushi says that's bullshit because you even he hasn't even told his family about her yet. <laughs> so even she says, even I would be upset if my boyfriend dragged his feet this long about telling his family, and I didn't even move to a whole other ass country for you. <laughs> so. He says she's been waiting for two years, so, you know, what's another couple of months? But Cushy is like, mm, no, man, that's not how it works. You, you're going to have to do it. So she also asks pretty directly if he's cheated on her. And he says no, but even see, she seems to have her uh, – skip. she seems a bit skeptical because she's like, uh, we go hang out all the time and every time we're out, we always catch you at the bar flirting with girls. <laughs> <laughs> you disappear. <laughs> you just disappear and we're like, where's Rishi? Oh, there's all the group of hot girls. He must be over there. <laughs> so all his friends assume he's not being faithful, but he insists that he's innocent. So Jenna's now been home for four months and it's time to go back to India. I just think it's crazy if it's four months and we know that for like Jamie and Chris, it's been – it's day nine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time to go back to India, hopefully for good. So of course she's excited to see Rishi, but they still have a lot of work to do, including confronting him about the photo that he sent. So his sister-in-law, Tara, is driving her to the airport and she's planning on getting her advice about you know seeing the shirtless pic. So Tara can't believe he's just not shirtless in this picture, but it's like a towel. So he's basically naked. That's not okay. So Tara has – uh, thinks this guy is covered in red flags and can't believe that Jen is still on her way there. So now she's arriving – now Jen is arriving to the airport extra stressed because she feels like she might be making the wrong decision and we leave her at the airport. OK. So what do you what, – what's your take on the shirtless pick shirtless pick gate here? I don't know. I, I think just like the first message, it's not really exactly smoking gun, right? Um, exactly. It, and especially like we didn't see the full context of the conversation because if she was talking about like modeling or something like that, maybe she has to see modeling pictures. Yes, that's what my two – it sounded like she was talking about going to see a modeling agent. He could have been like, oh, I have a great guy. If you need, you know, pictures taken, you know, yeah. about, about you know, for headshots or whatever, I know a great guy who can do that. In which case, she would say, oh, great. Let me see one of them, right? right. And that's what he would send her. It like, is kind of shady that he blocked her because it's like, well, was – but then once again, you need more context of the – is it because oh, yeah. she was getting flirtier and flirtier? And he's like, I don't know how to say no to this person. I'm just going to block her because I yeah. – see that i mean i could see her being like how about one without the towel and he's like nope block like, yeah right <laughs> right like because that's what she seemed to do like this wasn't yeah it, it it wasn't like well let me just put myself out there and see if he really tries to flirt with me like she really went through effort to get stuff yes. out of him in these yes. messages and we i don't know what ex the exact context is but the mm -hmm. context we did see was like this was definitely – you were in the driver's seat for this conversation, right? Yeah. This is not him that was making things go these places. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, she probably didn't want to show Jen the entire conversation because maybe she didn't look so great either. And granted, she could just play it off like, oh, well, I was just trying to get whatever out of him. But it's like, yeah, but you got to think about what – was he responding to exactly? So right. I don't know. I just kind of feel like there really isn't much there. I did notice one thing, though. Jen, did she freaking lose her ring again? Because she is not wearing her engagement <laughs> ring unless there is a unless they have it on the other hand. But I was looking and I'm just like, did she freaking lose her ring again? I wasn't paying any attention to it. But oh, uh, I mean, let's just let's just. Hope she has it packed and she doesn't want to wear it on the plane. Because some people don't wear jewelry on planes because you get sausage fingers. Oh. <laughs> I, I definitely have known people who did that. They have to take off their rings and stuff when they go on planes because they their fingers fatten up a little bit and it's uncomfortable. So maybe we'll give her the benefit of the doubt on that. Because I feel like if she lost the ring, we definitely would have heard about it. 
Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but uh, I was like, oh goodness. Uh, so do you think that she's gonna go there, guns a blazing, like? accusing him of things or do you think it's just going to be like oh hey in passing my friend was talking and i think she's going to pull a very similar thing that she did the first time Mm -hmm. and that like i don't think she's not going to be in there like explain this asshole like she's not going to do that and then yeah i think she's going to try to make it sound like she's doing it in passing oh Mm -hmm. just like have you ever sent like pictures to anybody yeah. <laughs> and try to get like get him to admit to something before he's like he's like what are you talking about like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a model now I do, I think the much more incriminating part of the whole scene was um was his friend Cushy being like but you're like always hanging out with the hot girls at the bar yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely okay so um out of the group you saw this week uh, we did not hear from a Debbie Onosama. Uh, which I guess waxing poet poetry is going to be next week. Oh yeah, we did see uh, heavily, heavily, heavy foreshadowing of of very bad poetry. So yeah, that could yeah. be very fun. Um, so out of the group we saw this week, who was your student of the week? I went with Ahmed. Um, just, I mean, it's it's a good example of how, and you know what? I'm actually glad we had him because yes. it's a good example of because this is the second Egyptian man. That we've mm-hmm. seen that is just unbending, uncompromising, refuses oh, to even Mahmoud. understand. Mahmoud is. Yes. Mahmoud yes. is. Mahmoud mm-hmm. and we had a other the other guy with um, Yvette and, and – Oh, yeah. Right. Mohammed. Mohammed. Yeah. Right? It's the second Egyptian man. And both of them just completely – this is Egyptian culture. This is the culture. This is the culture. You can't blame me for being this culture. Yeah. And then we see somebody who, yes, eventually is a part of that culture and th- thinks things should be a certain way. But is way more understanding and yeah. is like, yeah, like you're American. Of course you wouldn't want to do this right away. We, you know, we, we're hoping that in time as you're part of this family, you'll want to become more Egyptian. And like he just – it's just like, oh, so it's not it's not that this culture is, you know, extremely stubborn and, and asshole. It's just that these two guys are extremely stubborn and asshole-ish. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Um, Ahmed is also my student of the week because, I mean, even I said this was – much more enjoyable to watch because I felt like it was going somewhere and they were certainly stuck in this weird, repetitive argument and they needed an outside person to kind of move it along. Yeah. And so, I, but yeah. the thing is, you can also tell that this whole family is just so annoyed at Mahmoud all the time because <laughs> that's like, he's like, he's like, yeah. listen, you need to, you need to treat your wife with respect. You need to, you know, sit down and say hi and apologize to her. And he's like, Hi. Why you not do what I want? And they're like, "What, dude?" Like, <laughs> so the entire family is like, "Dude, like, come on." Yeah, that's not what we said, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, who is your dunce? I said Danielle. Just trying to. She does this thing, and she does it here, where um, you know, she knows that she's asking for something wrong, or that she's kind of on the wrong side of this argument, mm-hmm. right? But then, is in order to you know, play defense on that doesn't, when we, we talked about it, sometimes people get overly aggressive and they get angry when they're on defense. She just gets super condescending and she's yeah. already always kind of condescending anyway. And I just, I hate watching condescending Danielle. Like yeah. she's the worst. Yeah. I think I'm definitely, uh, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength this <laughs> week. Uh, Danielle is also my dunce, but I really thought it was very manipulative of her to really bring up like this whole friend situation, right? Sure. It was sure. very convenient timing. Um, you know, it was I feel like it was this very roundabout way for her to ask for what she wanted because she started off with the blessings. Then, Mm. oh, what do you want to change in the relationship? Here's what I want to change in the relationship. And it's like after all of that, it was like she had her opportunity to say what it was. And it was just like it just felt very manipulative. Right. I mean, and and I kind of I kind of forgot here because this whole thing was with them between the two of them was their Mm -hmm. one year anniversary of meeting. Yes. Of meeting. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. and so, like, it's completely reasonable that this is some dude that she was hooking up with, like, before she went on a vacation in a DR. Yeah. Hooked up with Johan while she was there and married him within a year. Yeah. 
And that was like, yeah, I want to go hang out with the dude I was banging before I met you. Like, <laughs> right. no, you can't do that. And But also framed it as like, kind of like you said, doing that deceptive trickery of like, well, you have, you know, you have friends, so I should be able to hang out with my friend. And I don't see what the yeah. problem with that is. Like, yeah. you're being unreasonable. It's like, come right. on. Like, you you know what's going on here. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? Um, so if you actually do have, you know, serious and deal-breaking reservations about your partner's fidelity, like, you can't move there and then deal with them and then deal with it. That's something that has to be kind of nipped in the bud and dealt with before. And she's just like, well, I think he might be cheating on me, but I'll wait until I move to another country to oh even a, even bring it up. Like, yeah. is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so my life lesson is for actually a few of our Americans going abroad, but it's like you really need a support system when you're in uh, yeah, a new sure. area, right? And so I think we really saw this with Nicole this week is once she kind of felt like she had an ally or a friend, it really changed the conversation. It really changed her perspective on this whole mm -hmm. thing. And I think that's mm -hmm. just like so important because if you feel so isolated, if you feel so alone, it's so easy for you to be homesick and like give up on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I mean. And I don't she definitely should. And I think we kind of see it in the preview. She needs to mm -hmm. sort, sort out some sort of expat community or something yeah. like that. Even if it's a you know, the coffee shop that the Americans go to, I would say the bar, but she's not allowed to yeah. go to bars, right? right? <laughs> that the Americans go to just, just to, just to hear other people speaking English, like for yeah. once, you know, like yeah. that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big deal. And to have somebody else that you can call when you're stranded in a hotel. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So, um, we're just kind of getting through this. We've only really seen one wedding of, we anticipate a couple of them, right? Gabriel and Isabel, uh, Gabriel and possibly. Isabel, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're getting to, I mean, if I'm looking at it, uh, perhaps, well, two of them are already married, right? We yes. got Danielle and Johan already married. We have um, Nicole Mahmoud already married. So that leaves what Gabe, Isabel, Debbie Osama, and Jen Rishi and like, I don't Jen think and we're Rishi, getting, that's they I don't got a long road getting, ahead of them. Uh, they got a long way, and Debbie and Osama is not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very unlikely. Yeah. All right. Um. So, but we'll be back either way next week. So until then. Yep. Yep. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>